BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms, 21 plus only. Virginia only, new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. My name is Chris Moody, host of the new podcast, Finding Matt Drudge. I'll be taking you on a journey to find the mysterious media mogul Matt Drudge, founder of The Drudge Report. Along the way, I'll talk to people who have worked with him, dined with him, and fought with him, taking listeners into private conversations, all in an attempt to get a better understanding of who Drudge is and what motivates him. Hopefully, he'll even sit down with us. Listen to Finding Matt Drudge on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm John Seifer. And I'm Jerry O'Shea. We spent over 30 years in the CIA uncovering global conspiracies. Conspiracies aren't just a theory to us, which is why we started our podcast, Mission Implausible. Everyone has questions about conspiracy theories, but with our background, we can actually answer those questions. Anyone can just start screaming about microchips and Jewish space lasers, but it's our mission to remove the bull and get down to what's real. Listen to Mission Implausible on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, glad you're with us. We are in beautiful, and it really is beautiful, Palm Beach, Florida today. Thanks uh, to our great affiliate down here. It's a wonderful station, uh, News Radio 1290 WJNO, and uh, they're always so accommodating when we have an opportunity to come down. Uh, Rush Limbaugh for the entire hour tonight. And uh, uh, listen, there's nobody else you want to hear from if you're a conservative, what he thinks about the election, the state of affairs, Donald Trump, the deep state. We'll get into all of it. And, um, you know, I kid people when I interview like Rush or Mark or, you know, people that are really great monologue. Rush is a monologue artist. He just is the king of the monologue. And but when you interview him, the best thing as a host you can do is just shut up, which is hard if you're a host, too, because you want to talk all the time also. Uh, but we're actually, uh, he was very gracious. We're looking forward uh, to the interview tonight. We hope you'll tune in, tell your friends, 9 Eastern on Fox tonight. You know, Newt said something that is, has struck me. He'll join us later in the program today. And he says there really are two words that now are beginning to define this election. I would, I would add a little bit to it, but, you know, why complicated in some ways? And it's Kavanaugh. And it is this caravan. I'm, I'm sure you're all witnessing and you're all watching what's going on with this caravan. And it's, it's not pretty. You know, we now have Honduran migrant caravan has grown to 4,000 people that are headed towards America's borders. And the migrants are fleeing Honduras. 4,000. Now, we've been through this before. And the president stopped it. 
You know, what is the one thing that John Podesta's group is telling every single Democrat? Don't talk about it. Pivot. Get off the topic of immigration. I don't think they want to talk about Kavanaugh either. I don't think they really want to talk about raising taxes either. But that is they're still out there saying they want their crumbs back. But that's part of their plan. And I, I, I they use these generic terms, bumper sticker slogans for health care. But the bottom line is they gave us the single worst decision the country has ever made on health care in this country. The single worst. And it's Obamacare. With the promise, if you like your doctor, keep your doctor. You like your plan, keep your plan. You, 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 you pay less. And it never worked out that way for anybody. And frankly, Republicans, this was their moment. And, and look, we got rid of the individual mandate. In 19 days, we can create a system of health care second to nobody in the world that's why for seven years I have harassed and bothered poor Josh Umber, Atlas MD, Wichita, Kansas. Not only do I put him on radio and TV. Oh, no, that's not enough. I set up meetings with him. He flies to Washington on his own. We should pay him, you know, or that I'll probably get accused of something if I offer to pay for something. Um, you know, we should fund the effort. $50 a month, unlimited concierge care. He negotiates directly with pharmaceuticals, a 95% reduction. You know, you need chemotherapy, you got breast cancer. Well, for a lot of those drugs, it's $6 a treatment. Good luck getting those prices anywhere. We can institutionalize this. Anyway, so there's, they're not running on what they believe. We've learned that with Bredesen in Tennessee, thanks to Project Veritas. We've learned it with Claire McCaskill, caught on undercover video. She's complained, this is outrageous. We need an investigation. Investigation into what? The fact that you, in your own words, are saying to the people of Missouri, I'm a liar, I'm a fake, phony fraud. I am a, I'm just a phony. I'm a liar. I'm saying whatever I need to say to get elected, I don't mean any of it. My job is to bamboozle the people of Missouri, lie to them, then go to Washington, and I'm going to govern just like Barack Obama. They can't win if they define who they really are. They can't win if they give us their true agenda. They can't win if they say, yeah, we really want to impeach Trump, impeach 45, impeach 45, impeach 45, reclaiming my time, reclaiming my time. They tell Maxine Waters, don't say it. Just stop saying it. No, I don't want to talk about it. Just don't say it, they tell her. And she says, they tell me not to say it, but I'm going to keep saying it anyway. So their agenda is impeachment, endless, never-ending investigations, Open borders eliminate ICE. Sanctuary cities. Now we have a sanctuary state, California. They want, why do they want open borders? Because they've calculated that's going to benefit them at the ballot box, helping them retain power. Notice every decision and every agenda item is about them wanting to hold on to power, period. It doesn't matter the output, uh, the, the, what the end result is doesn't matter Obama wrecked the economy. I won't give you the statistics again. If you listen to this program regularly, I know you can recite them by rote as well. 
The only reason I say it so often is that so everybody, nobody can't say they didn't know. But that's what they want to take us back to. That's, they want their crumbs back. They want, they want to destroy Trump. They are driven by a borderline psychotic hatred of this president. They want to go back to what? Back to Obamacare? They want open borders so that, that they think that their, their party will remain in power forever if they get enough people crossing the border? We got caravans of people. I'm going to talk about what the president's planning in a second. That's what they stand for? This is what the, the Democratic Party, take back the crumbs, keep Obamacare, open borders, impeach Trump, endless investigation. What Name one thing there that they're doing to make your life better. Because after losing 13 million Americans and, and having them have to go through food stamps to survive and sustain themselves... In eight years of a failed economy of Obama, the only president never to reach 3% GDP growth in American history, you know, they want to go, what? We're going to want to add more people? Why? Because they're dependent on them? The crumbs they're handing out? The irony of that. They're, what? what the, the leftovers they have? You know, when they're done building their gyms, their Senate gyms, their House gyms, their... You know, house barbershops, their Senate barbershops, their Senate dining rooms, their house dining rooms. You know, they treat themselves well. They're not, they're not on Obamacare. They got a separate health system just for them. Very different. So that's what's at stake. You know, I'm going to tell you something about this border as I watch this caravan. You've got to understand this is about national security. This is personal security. I think I'm the only person in the media that actually took the time over the years, and I've been down reporting from the border 13 times. All right, Hannity, you've told us that before. Yeah, I've been on horseback. Yeah, I've been in helicopters. Yeah, I've been out on boats. Yeah, I've been on foot. Yeah, I've been all-terrain vehicles. I've been on the border all the way from the Rio Grande straight on through San Diego and many stops in between. I've seen gang members arrested, drug warehouse, the biggest warehouse I've ever seen in my life, floor-to-ceiling drugs confiscated. Guess where they were headed? To your town, your city, to your kids that they ingest them. And now it's worse than ever because now a lot of the heroin that we have we have an opioid crisis in this country. There's, there's one, you know, one issue is, oh, kids go into grandma, grandpa's medicine cabinet. They try a Vicodin, a Percocet, an Oxycontin, and then they go back to get another one. Next thing you know, they're addicted. Next thing you know, they're buying them on the streets. God knows what those pills really are. Drug dealers don't give a rip if these kids die. Then when they find out they can't afford 80 bucks a pill... Well, then some genius idiot friend or dealer friend, quote, of theirs says, why don't you try heroin and it's much better high and it's only $10 a bag. And they'll start snorting heroin or chasing the dragon, as they call it, and they'll light it up and smoke it. And then eventually they're going to be mainlining it. And then guess what? They're on a trajectory straight into the grave and a life of a living hell. And that's the opioid crisis. And where's a lot of those drugs coming from? right over the border where's human trafficking happening right over the border what's happening else across the border there's a new thing it's called fentanyl 
You know, talk to my buddy, Eric Bowling. His 19-year-old son bought a Xanax, which is, you know, to relieve anxiety. And, and, and it was laced. If you have three grains of fentanyl the size of three grains of salt, it will kill you. And we have nearly 100,000 kids dying every single day. One death every 7.5 minutes. You know, almost 100,000 deaths a year. And we keep talking about opioid crisis left and right. Opioid We can stop it if we secure the border. Caravans now. So I think Newt's right. I think Kavanaugh. What do we see with Kavanaugh? The total, total elimination of anything that we recognize as the U.S. Constitution, the rule of law, equal justice under the law, equal application of our laws, uh, the presumption of innocence. What presumption of innocence? I believe her. Never heard from her, but I believe her. You know, then no corroborating evidence. I still believe her. You know, but then, no, no, no. But but they were lined up almost on a weekend basis. They'd line up in the hall. First, they'd spike the punch bowl. And after they spiked the punch bowl, the boys would line up in the hall every weekend. And then they'd rape the girls in the room. They'd take turns. And it happened almost every weekend. And then the story evolved into, well, I didn't see him spike the punch bowl, but I saw him near a punch bowl. And I, he, I saw him give out a red Solo cup. That's what that became. So, and, and Diane Feinstein wants to bring that up again after eight FBI investigations. What are they offering for you? Because since Trump's been president, you got 4 million new jobs. Since Trump's been president, 400,000 manufacturing jobs, jobs that Obama said were never coming back. Since he's been president, we've gotten rid of more regulations than the last five presidents uh, combined. Uh, he's opened up the entire energy industry, of which we have a flood, literally, of natural resources. Those are going to be career-paying jobs, high-paying jobs for so many millions of Americans. Uh, then we've got, oh, the president degrading ISIS. Nobody thought little rocket man would stop shooting his rockets. Nobody thought that, you know, being tough on the Iranians would would bear fruit, but the Iranians are dying economically because of the president leading a boycott. And then on top of that, what? Record low unemployment, 14 states, African-Americans, Hispanic-Americans, Asian-Americans, women in the workplace, and youth unemployment. Well, do you want that to end in the next 19 days? What For, for what? What are they offering you that is better? Give me the better alternative. Because the eight years prior to Trump really sucked with the worst numbers, worst statistics, the most embarrassing foreign policy, bribing dictators and mullahs that chant death to America. Yeah, Nancy Pelosi. Good grief. God help us. That's what's at stake. But you get the government you deserve. All right, as we roll along, we are in beautiful Palm Beach, Florida. Rush Limbaugh for the hour tonight. Hope you'll uh, tune in and be watching. You know, I'm looking at the caravan, and I'm thinking 4,000 people, 4,000 migrants. Now, thankfully, we actually have a president that stands up for the United States of America, and thankfully, we have a president that's saying, no, this is not going to fly with me or the American people. And the president is now saying, we're going to stop you in your tracks 
And the president has now told Mexico and Honduras, um, excuse me, uh, in the strongest terms, I'm asking Mexico. Doesn't sound like an ask. That is stop the onslaught. If you're unable to do so, I will call up the U.S. military and close our southern border. Then he posted another one, continuing to blast Democrats because they're the ones that want open borders, eliminate ICE and sanctuary cities and free health care for illegal immigrants. Of course, free means you pay for it. I'm watching the Democratic Party led because they want open borders and existing weak laws, assault on our country by Guatemala, Honduras and El Salvador and whose leaders are doing little to stop the large flow of people, including many criminals, from entering Mexico uh, to the U.S. And he said that he will pull aid for these countries. And then he said the assault on our country at the southern border, including the criminal elements and drugs pouring in, is far more important to me as president than trade and the new trade agreement with Mexico and Canada. Hopefully, Mexico will stop this onslaught at their northern border. This is all the Democrats' fault for weak laws. And, of course, they don't want to build the border wall. Guess what it also means? It means more drugs coming into every small town and big city in this country. This should be on your mind in 19 days. All right, 25 now till the top of the hour. We are in Palm Beach, Florida. Uh, Rush Limbaugh for the full hour tonight. 19 days away from the all-important midterm elections. Uh, we're going to have more information tomorrow. If you're in the Houston-Beaumont area of Texas, uh, I'm, uh, I'm doing a town hall. That's not You don't pay for it. That's not a campaign event. It's just a town hall with uh, Senator Ted Cruz. Uh, I'm honored to do it. I've wanted to do it with him now for a long time. And uh, talking about, obviously, the issues of the day. I'm sure the election will come up, you know, Beto phony mania. You know where you know what this whole thing with Beto is? I figured it all out. It's all outside Texas money. It's all money from all liberals that just want to hurt Ted Cruz. And we need Ted Cruz in the Senate. He is, you know, he, Mike Lee, Rand Paul, they're like the constitutionalists in the U.S. Senate. These are guys that have, you know, if we don't have them, they, they so critical and crucial to passing, you know, all the good things that the president's gotten done and the pressure that they put on their leadership and on other senators. I mean, it's, um, it's uh, you know, the irony is there is nothing Beto O'Rourke has in common with the average Texan. Nothing. Uh, he is, it would be like Texas is really electing Chuck Schumer. And that's what I keep saying. If, you know, I don't care if it's, you know, Marsha Blackburn in Tennessee versus this phony that was caught on tape by Project Veritas, Phil Bredesen. I, I just can't believe all these people. Yeah, no, no, no. We, we, we just saying we support Kavanaugh. We would never support Kavanaugh. Are you out of your mind? Are you insane? Are you crazy? Or Claire McCaskill, the same thing. Of course I support all big, major gun legislation. Of course, anti-Second Amendment as Chuck Schumer. And But I'm not going to tell the people of Missouri that fact. I'm just, I'm just hoping that, you know, I, I'm just going to say what I need to say, get through the election. Well, there's another term for that, and it's called lying, manipulating. It's called propaganda, misinformation, distortions. They cannot say what 
they really believe and win. They have to hide who they really are. They, you now have seen this. They, the same people, they won't condemn following Sarah Sanders into a restaurant, chasing Secretary Nielsen out of a restaurant, or chasing Senator Cruz and his wife. He's there with his wife and his family. Leave the, the women and children alone. How's that in these particular cases? But I guess the same people that wouldn't defend Melania Trump, the same people that, you know, went for the big, huge, you know, drugging, lined up in the hall, gang rape of women almost every weekend lie. We believe that, you know, the same ones. They didn't ask for any information about Keith Ellison and what his girlfriend was accusing. Oh, just this past summer, just it wasn't 36 years ago. It was this year. It was this summer with evidence, doctor's evidence, text messages, and a tape of it. It's, you know, no, no calls for any FBI investigations. No, Diane Feinstein, she gets back to the Senate. She said she wants another FBI investigation into Kavanaugh. You know, they want to impeach him. They want to impeach Trump. Open borders. Sanctuary cities, eliminate ICE, Obamacare. We want our crumbs back, and we hate Trump. Did we tell you we hate Trump? We hate Trump. Why do you hate Trump? Trump solved the problems that you guys couldn't solve for eight years, you know, where you created dependence on food stamps in the, in the millions, 13 to be exact, where you put 8 million more Americans in poverty, where we had the worst labor participation rate since the 70s. Oh, we now have the lowest unemployment number since 1969. The Mets won the World Series in 1969. Tom Seaver, Jerry Kuzman, Ray Sadecki, Duffy Dyer, uh, Tommy Agee, Cleon Jones, Bud Harrelson, Wayne Garrett, Ed Cranepool, you know, Tug McGraw in the bullpen. Yeah, that Tug McGraw, Tim McGraw's father, the country guy. Um, by the way, if you haven't ever watched the video, Live Like You're Dying, oh, one of the greatest videos ever. One of the greatest songs ever. So good. Breaks my heart. I heard that Tim McGraw may be a liberal. Ugh. Anyway, it's neither here nor there. If I, if I made my musical choices based on politics there'd be pretty much nothing to listen to charlie daniels you know there'd be a few of them big and rich you know some which i'd love all of them but you know i'd like a little diversity but i mean where's zach brown is zach brown i wouldn't tell oh everyone in tennessee is supposed to listen to taylor swift taylor swift has like become a new york fashionista and I have no criticism of her. I think she's extraordinarily talented, a great businesswoman. I don't think she knows anything about politics. For the people of Tennessee, well, we're getting young people to register to vote, and they're going to vote early against Marsha Blackburn because Taylor said so. I'm like, oh, my gosh. I'd love to quiz Taylor what she really knows about Phil Bredesen. I wonder if she saw the video of Phil Bredesen, you know, basically his office laughing about lying to the people of Tennessee to get that race. Look, these are important races. Florida, you better wake up, Florida. I see that Rick Scott is only up by two points right now and that Ron DeSantis is only tied with Andrew Gillum under federal investigation, side note, that wants to raise the business tax in Florida by 40%.
Florida better wake up because you guys have had it great. And it's going to all go away. You put Andrew Gillum in as your governor. And Rick Scott is not. Who else has done a better job for the economy of Florida? I'm down here in Florida. What about red tide? Well, red tide happens and it goes away. There's not one reason for it. It's not his fault. And he's done his best to deal with it. It's not an easy thing to deal with. You know, this article came out. They're talking about what Newt Gingrich had said, and that is Kavanaugh and talking about the borders and the caravan. He said, we now, this AP, a million dollars worth of heroin seized at the Mexican border. It says U.S. Customs Border Patrol officials in Arizona say they have they have frustrated an attempt to smuggle more than 37 pounds of heroin worth more than a million dollars into the United States. By the way, you know how much a little tiny bag of heroin is worth? You know, it's only 10 bucks. Do you know how much a million dollars is? It is. We're talking about massive quantities. And guess what we have in the country? A huge opioid crisis. And these kids are dying. And a lot of those drugs are coming right across the borders. Now, some of you will say, well, Hannity, there are good people from Mexico that come across the border and that they, 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 we have a million more jobs available. We're in an enviable position than we actually have people on unemployment. This has never happened before. We have one million more jobs than people are on unemployment. Thank you, Donald Trump. It had nothing to do with the failed policies of Obama. And I understand, because I've been to the border. I understand more than anybody. I can describe a scene in San Diego where I'm standing at the border wall, and on one side, you got half million, million-dollar homes in San Diego. On the other side, you got what looks like a shanty town, poverty, and kids playing in what I could only describe look like to me as like a junkyard with tires and garbage and junk just all over the place. Nobody would want the Obama on that side of the border, and I'm looking at the other side with the nice houses. I want to be there. I'm not saying don't come. I'm not saying just come legally. May, let us check you out. Let us vet you. Let us make sure you you want our values. Let's make sure you're not going to take jobs away from Americans. That you'll be able to support yourself. That you don't hold radical views. I mean, I'm here with my buddy Gomez. Your dad was from Mexico, right? Yeah. It's just, it, 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 there's, it's not about where you come from. It's about, we just need to know in this day and age, if you come from a culture and a country, Saudi Arabia, this whole Khashoggi thing is an example. You know what's frustrating about this Khashoggi story to me? Um, I'm just telling you my gut. And I don't like to rush the judgment, so I am withholding final judgment here. My gut is there's no doubt this guy was murdered. In the, in the Saudi Arabian consulate in Istanbul. I'm pretty sure, and probably based on whatever video evidence that might emerge or audio evidence that might emerge, whether it emerges, Pompeo, the Secretary of State, Mike Pompeo, I think is one of our best, you know, said that it, he's told the president, give the Saudis another day or two so that we can get to the truth, don't rush to judgment. But it's beginning to look like they killed this guy. And probably the only way they got him out was in pieces, bits and pieces. That means they chopped him up. And the, I think Turkey, and 
Erdogan probably has some evidence because, you know, they would probably have wired the Saudi embassy. And I'm thinking there's no way that happens without the crown prince knowing. That's what my gut tells me. Now, you say, Hannity, well, you don't know. And I'm saying you're right. I'm, I'm hold, withholding judgment. But that's my guess where we're headed with this. And I'm watching Democrats because they think they've got this president cornered on this issue. What are you going to do now? What are you going to do? You, you want to sell them military parts? Well, when you're talking about hundreds of millions of dollars in jobs for Boeing and all our big military contractors, um, you're talking about tens and tens of thousands of, of jobs in America if, in fact, this is a cutoff point. And I think there's many ways that the president, many options he'll have in terms of dealing with it when the time comes. And the president, we know him. He says he's going to do something. He tends to keep his word. I can't think of an instance where he has it. But here's what's frustrating to me. All through the election in 2016 on this program, I sat here and I told you how much money Hillary Clinton took from all of these countries to practice Sharia where marital rape isn't a crime, where women are told by men how to dress, where women need permission to travel or even travel abroad. Some cases can't even leave the house without a male relative. It is a backwards, repressive, you know, theocracy in some of these countries, Kuwait among them, the Saudi Arabians among them, and others. And... They're countries that kill gays and lesbians. They're countries that persecute Christians and Jews. The Clintons took millions and millions and tens and tens of millions from these countries for their foundations. And guess who we never heard ever criticize any of the policies that treat women horribly, gays and lesbians horribly, Christians and Jews horribly. Hillary Clinton, they bought her silence. Nobody ever talked about it, I think, but me. And it's the same with the immigration side of the equation. I don't, if you grew up in that culture that abuses women, that is the antithesis of our constitutional republic, I'm sorry, we need to know that you reject those values that are the antithesis of the values that we hold dear and near and cherish in this country. Nobody ever asked the Democrats about that. Or the same thing with, with Benghazi. I mean, you, we, we leave these guys in, in Benghazi and they're making deals with, you know, Gaddafi. Good grief. Such hypocrisy. I mean, they claim to be, have a monopoly of compassion on all this. But they want... Now, listen, it's complicated. Because you have an, un, an unprecedented alliance that's emerged in the, as a result of Iranian hegemony and Iranians you know, ambition to acquire nuclear weapons. And the Iranians that chant death to Israel, death to America, burn the American flag, burn the Israeli flag. Well, you have an alliance because of that real, clear, present danger to the world. If you ever marry their version of radical Islam, they're the number one terrorist-sponsoring state in the world. They fight so many different proxy wars fomenting terror around the world. They're pursuing nuclear weapons, and that has caused the U.S., the Israelis, the Saudis, the Emirates, the Egyptians, the Jordanians to create an alliance. 
It's not so easy to just say as awful, as horrific and evil. What I believe they probably did, it's not that simple. There is more nuance, context, texture. It's sort of like the U.S. aligning with the former Soviet Union to defeat the Nazis. We hated them. We're at odds with them. Patton wanted to go right straight to Moscow, if you remember. But it was an alliance that beat back the forces of fascism, you know, at that time and the forces of Nazism at that time. We have a window of opportunity. I can't believe. Well, I can believe because I've been telling you about Sharia, radical Islamic states, theocracies, and how they abuse human rights at a level second to none. That's why Hillary taking the money, you know, nobody, not one Democrat cared. But now they care because it's Trump. They're a bunch of phonies. They're so full of it. Anyway, um, we're in Palm Beach. It really is nice down here. It, I mean, this is really seriously nice out here. Uh, you know, I said to Rush, I go, now I know why you have a Southern command. And he pays no state income tax. And I'm like, I'm an idiot. Why am I paying 10% state income tax? I should be here in Florida. Beautiful view, the ocean, nice down here. I think that, that we owe the American people to be there for them, for, the, for their financial security, respecting the dignity and worth of every person in our country. And if there's some um, collateral damage for some others who do not share our view, well, so be it. You cannot be civil with a political party that wants to destroy what you stand for, what you care about. That's why I believe if we are fortunate enough to win back the House and or the Senate, that's when civility can start again. If you had to be stuck in an elevator with either President Trump, Mike Pence, or Jeff Sessions, who would it be? Does one of us have to come out alive? <laughs> if you see anybody from that cabinet in a restaurant, in a department store, Please don't just come here today and then go home. Go to the hill today. Get up and please get up in the face of some Congress people. But Michelle says that, you know, when they go low, we go high. No. When they go low, we kick them. That's what this new Democratic Party is about. We've got a president that has already named journalists as being the enemy of the people. So don't be surprised when other countries take on a journalist, murder them, chop him into pieces, and dispose of them. Did Donald Trump, who has always been critical of the Washington Post, always been critical of his ownership, did anybody in the administration, did Jared Kushner, did they give uh, MBS sort of a nod and a wink to say it's okay. We the president expressing concern that Jamal Khashoggi uh, is, a, um, is a reporter, he's a columnist really, uh, and, a, and a critic of uh, the Saudi government. That stands in contrast with a message that the president has frequently sent to the American people and to his supporters that the media are the enemy of the people. How do you square those two? I wonder if you look at what's happened in the last 12 days and you wonder if enemy of the people rhetoric not just from President Trump, but also then from other world leaders, 
has anything to do with this. All right, hour two, Sean Hannity Show. Uh, we are down in Palm Beach in Florida. Many thanks to our affiliate here, WJNO News uh, Radio 1290. New Gingrich is with us. Uh, all right, so you, you hear it now yourself. Kick them, and we can't be civil. And, you know, women are being run out of restaurants. Pam Bondi, Secretary Nielsen, and, of course, Sarah Sanders, Ted Cruz and his wife. Uh, now we have mob violence in Portland and New York. And we've got two Republicans punched in Minnesota. Welcome to, uh, I guess, the world of Maxine Waters. Get a crowd and tell them and follow them into gas stations, department stores, and 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 restaurants. And you tell them we don't want them nowhere, nowhere, any point, any time. I mean, is that the new America? Because I didn't, I don't remember that America. Well, that's certainly the America of the desperate left, because they're losing. Uh, the more they lose, the more desperate they get. And it's good. I think it will get worse before it gets better because I think they're going to keep losing. And I think that they they are so alienated from most Americans that all they have left is this kind of uh, nihilistic violence, uh, which in the end, I think, turns people off. It's, 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 it's also a little scary because, as, as Steve Scalise proved when he was shot, um, you know, if you're conservative and you're in public life, there's a certain danger level now that is totally un-American and that comes entirely from the left. You know, the thing is, it's missing. And and you figured out, I mean, I watched the whole process when you became speaker. It didn't happen overnight. It started with a series of videotapes about running to transform America. And it was called Renewing American Civilization. When did you first put those tapes out? We first began working on it in uh, 92 and did the first wave of tapes in 93 and then did right. the second wave after I was speaker in 95. And it was all based on ideas culminating in a contract with America. And I, I think people forget because, you know, we've had waves of conservatism. Maybe if you want to start with Gary, Barry Goldwater, that's one. It wasn't successful, but it was the beginning Reagan's victory in 1980 and then subsequently in 84, that was another big victory. And and obviously the Republicans taken over Congress for the first time in 40 years with your contract. And I'd argue Donald Trump is the fourth leg. And that is uh, I, everything he is doing in terms of governance is conservative. Even even threatened trade wars, they're not they're not materializing because that's never been his intention. His intention is for better trade deals, free or fairer deals. Yeah, I think, look, I, I think he is the fourth uh, cycle, if you will, of moving back from a left-wing America. And we've been gaining momentum and gaining clarity. And as I often tell people, you know, we didn't have Leonard Leo and the Federalist Society with so many good solid conservative lawyers that we could fill up all these judicial appointments. Uh, and that, that's just a huge advantage. And it all grows out of what is now, if you go back to Goldwater, a 54-year movement. Um, but I think it's also coming to a crisis because Trump so clearly articulates a pro-American, pro-work ethic, pro-patriotism policy that he drives the left crazy. And I think as a result, the left, which has gotten more extreme, 
They haven't modulated. They haven't come back to the center. They've decided that their job is to beat up and intimidate those of us who disagree with them. And in the end, I think that just further isolates them. So their agenda is pretty clear. They get back to House. They want impeachment. They want the crumbs back, the largest tax cut in history, which is obviously having a big impact on the economy. We, You know the, all the record unemployment numbers, the varying demographic groups that are doing better than they've ever done. Um, they also want open borders, but John Podesta is saying don't talk about immigration. They want to eliminate ICE. They want to keep Obamacare. Um, an endless investigation, I would add to that. I don't hear one positive thing that's going to create one job or make this country one bit safer. Not Nothing that they're running on. Just that and we hate Trump. That's it. Well, I think that's right. And it's partly because uh, if they tried to tell us honestly what they stand for, they would be defeated so badly that they just they know that they can't afford to be honest. But But I think, and I mentioned this on your TV show last night, I think that we are about to be a magic moment in American history. I think the two words that captured it in my mind are Kavanaugh and Caravan. I think Kavanaugh, the way they treated him, uh, the viciousness, the smears, the character assassination, the childish behavior by U.S. senators in Senate meetings, I think all that came together to really regalvanize conservatives. And I think this caravan coming up from Guatemala should be a major focus of Republicans for the next couple of weeks because it makes clear the argument about whether or not we have a right to be a sovereign country or whether in the Feinstein, Pelosi, San Francisco Democrat tradition, we have an obligation to open up our border to anybody who can get financed. And remember, these 3,000 people, I, I agree with Laura Ingram, who's asking the question, who's paying for this? These 3,000 people probably cost $21 million to move from well, Guatemala. It's actually 4,000 people it's now grown to amid a spike among in U.S. border crossings. But, you know, Nancy Pelosi actually said we are not funding the border wall. And that just is, it seems to be an appendage to Donald Trump's manhood. I mean, you know, imagine anything similar said about any woman by any Republican or conservative. I mean, it's outrageous, the double standard and, and so flagrant. But, you know, we, we already have paid between health care, education, criminal justice. We've already paid trillions of dollars for people that didn't respect our laws and sovereignty. It's cost the American people a fortune. And by the way, the people well, of California now are going to be paying for their health care for free. No questions asked. And by the way, we have in Georgia a Democratic nominee for governor, Stacey Abrams, uh, who uh, clearly favors allowing illegal immigrants to vote, uh, says that she doesn't want to draw any distinction between uh, people who are American citizens and people who came here illegally. Um, and that's, that's sort of typical. You have Gavin Newsom, candidate for governor of California, who openly says, he wants to have government-run health care and make it available to every illegal immigrant who can get to California. I mean, the Democratic Party is becoming the party of illegality, the party of breaking the law, the point you made earlier, and a party which believes it can't win with legal American votes, and so it's got to try to find some way to drown the system. And it's an amazing thing to watch develop. 
Uh, we're going to get Newt Gingrich's prediction, 19 days till Election Day. Uh, also, his take on the Khashoggi looks like murder and who's responsible and how the president should handle this uh, as it involves the Saudi and the Saudi government and the Saudi consulate in Istanbul. 800-941-SEAN is our toll-free telephone number. You want to be a part of the program. Many thanks. We are down in Palm Beach, Florida. News Radio 1290 WJNO. All right, as we continue, Newt Gingrich is with us. 800-941-SHAWN is our number. We're in Palm Beach, Florida today. I want to go to this issue of this this reporter, this guy with the Washington Post. He's not, a New York, he's not an American citizen. Lived for a long time in Saudi Arabia. And it looks like he walked into the Saudi council, uh, in, uh, consulate in, in Istanbul, and it looks like he was murdered. Now, Mike Pompeo is asking the president to give the Saudis a couple of days. They say they're going to get to the bottom of it. But I don't really have any doubt that this guy was murdered and murdered by the Saudis. And I doubt it happened without the crown prince and other top people in Saudi Arabia knowing if that's the case. You know, I know Democrats want to pressure Donald Trump into doing whatever they want to do and making this the biggest litmus test. But let me remind people that Hillary Clinton and the Clinton Foundation took millions from the Saudis. She never brought up their horrific treatment of women, killing gays and lesbians. She never brought up one time the persecution of Christians and Jews in Saudi Arabia. Um, And the same would go for look at how they treated Benghazi. But with that said, we already know the double standard exists. What do you what do you think? Well, I, I think I mean, I think, first of all, that the president is right to be cautious uh, to indicate clearly that we don't necessarily know all the things that are going on, uh, and that I, I think it would be very foolish for us to uh, break a relationship with Saudi Arabia, which is the key to containing Iran. Uh, but but I think we have to get to the bottom of it. But let me also point out to folks, I'm just now uh, working on a novel for next year called Collusion, in which the Russians... Uh, decide they want to poison the U.S. Senate. Uh, If I were writing a novel about a Saudi journalist being killed, and the circumstances are just strange, they're going to kill him in the Saudi consulate in Istanbul, knowing that the Turkish intelligence services monitor them all the time. They're going to do it with a team of 15 people, um, it's almost like the, if they did do it, and I'm not saying they didn't. I mean, clearly something terrible happened, and, and clearly If he's they the did do it, they're sloppy and stupid, and, you know, uh, it's unbelievable the position they put any of their allies. And you're yeah. right, we have this unprecedented alliance against Iranian hegemony with the Saudis, Israelis, Emirates, Jordanians, and Egyptians. And, you know, now that creates massive complications. Well, and but if you look at it, you know, we've said pretty clearly we're not going to tolerate the Russians poisoning people in Great Britain. It's led to very specific sanctions. Uh, I could imagine a circumstance where if we do, in fact, decide that the evidence is overwhelming and the, the Saudis have at least promised Secretary of State Pompeo that they're going to give him their full reports. Now, again, uh, they may well be lying. But if in the end 
uh, we discover that there are key people in Saudi Arabia involved, I suspect there will be sanctions. But that's different. It's one thing to have sanctions. It's another thing, you know, to go wild and break up the, the alliance and the relationship. And the Israelis have been very clear that they regard Saudi Arabia as such an important uh, defense against Iran uh, that they have urged us to be very careful in this process. We've got to go, but, um, Mr. Speaker, uh, it does complicate things, but people do remember that our arch enemy uh, aligned with us, Russia, the former Soviet Union, to beat Nazism. That's right. And I think sometimes, as I said, you know, we have taken steps against Russia in concert with the British over killings, trying to poison several people, but we didn't, we didn't go berserk. I think we may have to take significant steps here and sanction some people and block some people from coming to the U.S. And I think, frankly, uh, the crown prince had better clean this up or he will not be allowed back in the U.S. for a long time. All right, Mr. Speaker, thank you for being with us. we got to take a break. All right, David Schoen and Carter Page will join us as the deep state gate gets a little deeper. Uh, my buddy Steve Ducey, we're going to get a lot of your calls, and we have the other news of the day, and what do we do about the caravan 19 days out of Election Day? We're in Palm Beach, Florida, Rush Limbaugh tonight for the full hour on Hannity as we continue. All right, 25 now till the top of the hour. Glad you are with us. You know, it's pretty amazing what is happening as it relates to the deep state. Nobody wants to show up now. Rod Rosenstein doesn't want to show up. Glenn Simpson's pleading the fifth. We got Nellie Orr doesn't want to show up. We've got the DOJ literally obstructing congressional subpoenas every day, just hoping and praying and praying and hoping and on their knees that the Democrats win. So then all these investigations into their corruption ends and they won't ever, ever have to be exposed for what they did in terms of the deep state and the corruption involved uh, with the 2016 election and the desire to take down a duly elected president. Anyway, Carter Page and David Schoen will join us at the top of the hour. You know, Newt just said something that really sticks with me. He just said, this election, think about Kavanaugh, think about caravans. You know, you got illegal alien families now crossing the border in record numbers. If ever there was a moment for strengthening the Republican majorities in Congress so we could finally fully fund the wall, look at the Washington Post today. It says record number of families now crossing U.S. border. The number of migrant parents entering the U.S. with children has now surged to record levels in the three months since President Trump ended family separations at the border, dealing the administration a deepening crisis three weeks before the midterms. It's not a crisis. Donald Trump has said it forever. Yesterday, or in the last two days, mocked that the wall is an extension of his manhood by Nancy Pelosi, for crying out loud. How many Democrats have been saying they want to eliminate ICE? How many Democrats support sanctuary cities? How many Democrats don't want a border wall because they want open borders because they've calculated politically it benefits them? You know, forget about, you know, they haven't been down to the border 13 times like I have from the Rio Grande to San Diego. You know, helicopter, horseback, all-terrain vehicles, foot, boats, you name it. 
cars, trucks. I've been there. I've seen gang members arrested. I've got the video. I've been in drug warehouses. I've got the video. I've caught people while I'm at the border, literally beginning their cross at the Rio Grande. I sat with Rick Perry at a meeting that Barack Obama should have been at. And what did I hear? 642,000 Texans victims of crimes by illegal immigrants in a seven-year period. And we played that video and shown you that audio, uh, uh, shown you that video and played that audio for you how many times? You know, you see tunnels built from Mexico into the United States. Want to know where opioids are coming from? Want to know where a lot of the heroin's coming from? You want to know where a lot of the fentanyl's coming from? We have nearly 100,000 dead people a year now because of drugs crossing our borders. And here the president saying, no, we just want borders, but, you know, we, we'll put a big door in and we'll just vet people so we know they, they come with the best of intentions and love and respect our, our way of life and want to be a part of our family. It's unbelievable. You know, Border Patrol. Then you got the sanctuary cities, and the, now we have a sanctuary state of California. What does that mean? Well, that means people that we know are here illegally that broke the laws to get in here. No respect for our sovereignty. No respect for American law. Well, now we know those people, when they get caught committing other crimes, some of them, well, pretty serious those 642,000 crimes I mentioned included, yeah, murder in some cases. How many parents, angel moms, have we put on this program and angel dads on this program and they tell the stories about illegal immigrants that were in the justice system that were let out on the street because they were in a sanctuary city, now the sanctuary state of California. With a, with a sanctuary state, free health care for all legal or illegal candidate, Gavin Newsom out there in California. You know, talk about nutty California. Good grief. You know, we now have on record the number of migrant parents entering the U.S. with children surging to record levels. Listen, they want their kids here. In some cases, we've actually found out that people that claim that the young children with them are their children turn out not to even be their children. But they want to beat Donald Trump over the head with a hammer over this. He's the one that stopped family separation. He's the one that's been saying build the wall. He's the one that's been saying you've got to pass laws that I can't do it by executive fiat. Happened under Obama, nobody cared. Happened under Bush, nobody cared. But, of course, the standard, double standard is so transparent and so obvious. We have House Republicans now calling for an investigation. Here we are watching this, these videos of members of this illegal alien caravan actually being paid, according to Congressman Matt Gates of Florida. He wants an investigation into whether the illegal alien caravan now headed to the U.S. is being bankrolled by wealthy Democrats in America. It's hilarious to watch. You know, there was, I saw a conspiracy theory tweet out there by some prominent Democrat. I don't actually remember the, the name, but actually says, sources say you're so scared of losing the midterms. He's tweeting at that real Donald Trump and impeachment hearings that you, your team influenced the caravan. So they're blaming Trump for the caravan. If the dog bites, the bee stings, you're feeling sad. Um... It's Donald Trump's fault. 
if he cures cancer, he wouldn't be liked by some of these people. Unbelievable. All right, 800-941-SEAN is our toll-free telephone number. You want to be a part of the program. You know, we also have Trump saying, the president saying, well, we may have to use the military at this point to protect our borders. I don't, he, president today tweeted this morning, I must in the strongest of terms ask Me- Mexico to stop this onslaught. And if unable to do so, I will call up the U.S. military and close our southern border. I'm watching the Democratic Party, led because they want open borders and existing weak laws, assault in our country by Guatemala, Honduras, El Salvador, and leaders are doing little to stop the flow of people, including many criminals, from entering the United States through Mexico. In his third tweet, he emphasized the importance that he places on stopping the migrants from ever entering the country said the assault on our country at our southern border, including the criminal elements and drugs pouring in, is far more important to me as president than trade or the new trade agreement that he has with Mexico and Canada. Hopefully Mexico will stop this onslaught at their northern border. Is that all Democrats' fault for weak laws? They've been trying to fix it now for a long time. All right, 800-941-SEAN is our toll-free telephone number. You want to be a part of the program. Dan is in Michigan. Dan, hi, how are you? Welcome to beautiful Palm Beach. We're here, Rush Limbaugh, for the full hour on Hannity tonight. What's going on, Dan? How are you? Hey, Sean, good, good. Hey, um, I, want, I want to just go back to those documents that, that are now with the Inspector General, you know, the final core documents that a couple weeks ago Trump ordered to be declassified, Right, right. Okay, and then Rosenstein came over to the White House immediately. And he I didn't go paraphr- over. From what I understand, it was a phone call. Okay, but I want to paraphrase what Rosenstein basically, I'm going I'm to truthfully point out, Rosenstein basically called him up and said, look, Mr. President, myself and my buddies are trying to impeach you and put you in jail. If you release these documents, it's going to prevent us from impeaching your, your tail and putting you in jail, and it's probably going to explode in our face, and you are going to be a free man. So would you not release these because we still are working to subvert your presidency? And then after, Sean, after the phone call, Trump find out found out all this stuff about Rosenstein and the mic and stuff. That was after the phone call. Why wouldn't Trump realize they're trying to impeach him, put him in jail, call the inspector general, say, get that to the White House, Sit around the Oval Office and say, admit these two things, release the rest. From my understanding, is they're being extra super careful that the president's still committed to declassification, uh, releasing the, the unredacted FISA warrants. These are the main things we need. We need the FISA warrant applications. One, we need the Gang of Eight material. Two, we need what's known as the 302s or the reports, Bruce Orr, especially with his contacts with Christopher Steele, because we already know because of some of the leaks and communications that Christopher Steele, who under oath and under threat of perjury in Great Britain in an interrogatory, even he couldn't stand by his own phony, fake Russian dossier that he was paid for. You know, you got all these people now. Nelly Orr doesn't want to talk. Uh, Glenn Simpson pleading the fifth. Rod Rosenstein, not only not turning over documents, it's time to talk to the Wall Street Journal, but no time to talk to 
uh, the members of Congress and, and hand over the documents. So I understand it's on track. It's a little more complicated than him just saying, release it, release it this second. Lawyers are on it as, as the latest that I heard, my sources. But I think and I hope that they get released before the election because I think the American people deserve to see it. Yeah, it, well, they're trying to put him in jail. He needs to help himself. Listen, I, I will tell you, this has been a soft coup attempt. There's no doubt about it. We know what the insurance policy is. We know what the leak strategy is. We know that they knew there was no Russia-Trump collusion. Even in the words of Peter Strzok, there's no there there. Lisa Page even saying, no, we had nothing. That's why they started leaking the, the phony dossier information to all the left-wingers in the news media. They never told them that it was unverified or uncorroborated. Like they never told the FISA courts that it was unverified, uncorroborated. They tried to lie to us, manipulate us with lies from Russia that Hillary paid for before the election. And they tried to take down a duly elected president after the election. So you're right. I'm, but I promise you I'm on it. Listen, I can walk and, and chew gum at the same time. But the big but here, we got an important election in 19 days. I got to prioritize the content of the program. Uh, but we did talk about it, as you know, in the last half hour. All right, let's get back to our phones. Uh, let's say hi to Terry is in North Carolina on the Sean Hannity Show. What's up, Terry? How are you? Hey, I'm doing good, Sean. Thank you for what you do. I uh, love your show. Oh, thank you. I'm glad. Uh, what's going on today? Hey. Well, you know, I, I I hear you talking or I see the news and and we see how the left is out there with all these riots. And if you want my own opinion, I call it bullying, even though they're all about stop the bullying. But how come we, in your opinion, why does nobody from the right get out there and beat on these senators' doors, get in their faces at restaurants? Is it that we're smarter than that? We're more educated? Does it hurt our cause? I don't understand how come we're not out there pushing back on them. Well, I, I mean, what do you mean by pushing back? Do you mean that if they go low, we're supposed to kick them? Do you mean that if they go low, that we're supposed to, you know, get a crowd and follow them into restaurants and department stores and gas stations and get in their face? And we don't want you uh, around here anymore, anytime, you know, as Maxine Waters says. We don't want that. We're, you know, Listen, this is why the elections matter. 19 days is all the message you can send. It will pack the power of the hardest punch you can throw at the media that's corrupt and at Democrats that are corrupt and the people that have tried to sabotage this president. 19 days. You have the power. You can change the world. You can vote. Yes, and shock the world. All right, as we continue from Palm Beach, Rush Limbaugh for the full hour tonight on Hannity. You know, here is the deep state this is the stuff that we put together the puzzle that is now filling in as the house of cards begins to collapse no exactly he's got to come in and answer questions who else may have been in that room i will tell you this maria when jim baker was in his deposition two weeks ago and was asked about this he was as serious as you could be in describing what he understood took place in that meeting between andrew mccabe and rod rosenstein where mr rosenstein talked about actually recording the president of the united states so he needs to come in and answer our questions and like i said if it takes a subpoena that's exactly what should be issued so you you were in the deposition with with james baker the first one and you're going to yes. be with him this upcoming thursday what do you want to get from james baker this week well 
first of all, remember who this is. This is this is the FBI chief counsel. All kinds of things flow through him. So when he says that he believed Rod Rosenstein was serious about this, this out, this alleged uh, statement about recording the president, you got to take that with the weight that it comes with because it's the it's the FBI chief counsel. So we're going to ask him more about that. We our, our previous deposition was cut off early. We, go, we we ran out of time, so we need him back in there where we're going to ask more about that specific meeting that took place and then his conversations with people who were in that meeting, how those went and who all he talked to. So all those things need to be asked. Quick break, right back from Palm Beach. It's the Sean Hannity Show. All right, news roundup and information overload. Sean Hannity Show, 800-941-SEAN is our toll-free telephone number. We're in Palm Beach. Uh, Rush Limbaugh for the full hour tonight on Hannity on the Fox News Channel. We'll be talking all things about the election, about Deep State, about uh, his predictions and so much more. Um, it's amazing that, oh, gee, we're only 19 days out of the election and we get a series of leaks about how Robert Mueller now is prepared to deliver key findings in his Trump probe. Maybe he could have told us after the election, as there are literally Justice Department rules that prohibit these investigations from ever being politicized, which, of course, James Comey, he really did a good job of doing that. Um, We have the House chairman, Bob Goodlatte, is now threatening to subpoena Rod Rosenstein. Rod Rosenstein couldn't go before Congress and talk under oath, but he certainly defended the Mueller probe in an interview, extensive interview with the Wall Street Journal. So if he has time for that, why didn't he have time for anything else? We got a senior Treasury official caught with a flash drive arrested this week over the leak of suspicious activity reports about Paul Manafort, the Russian embassy, the, you know, alleged Moscow spy Maria Bettina, if you remember her. Now, Glenn Simpson wouldn't testify along with Rod Rosenstein. Wouldn't testify at all. Nellie Orr doesn't want to testify. And Rod Rosenstein doesn't want to testify because they all want to run out the clock here. That's their main goal. That's what they want to do. Um, And we have the NSA director disclosing that FISA abuse days after Carter Page FISA was issued. Well, we've already known that. On top of that, you've got four people now on the record as saying that Rod Rosenstein that he was talking about wearing a wire against the president of the United States of America. So if you start at the beginning, you've got an exoneration of a guilty felony committing Hillary Clinton. And of course, the same people the very next day that exonerated her, but the exoneration was written in May. They never interviewed her till July. Three days later, they let her off. Then they begin this Russia witch hunt. And then in the course of the Russia witch hunt, we now know after nine months of investigation, well, even Lisa Pate said they had nothing. And Peter Strzok had said there's no there there. But they still had their insurance policy in place. They had a media leak strategy in place. What was the media leak strategy? Well, that was to leak the contents of Hillary's bought and paid for dirty Russian dossier. Just like the same information was used to obtain the FISA warrants against Carter Page. You can't make any of this up. Four people now saying Rod Rosenstein... Yeah, he wanted to wear a wire on the president. Um, James Baker is uh, back on the Hill today. Remember, he was one of the four people that was very clear about Rod Rosenstein. And we're still awaiting the declassification of, let's see, 302s, gang of eight information, FISA warrants. Uh, We're also awaiting 
you know, whether or not we're going to get unredacted FISA applications, pages 10 through 12, 17 to 34. Remember, the bulk of information for the FISA warrants was the phony, never verified, never corroborated Russian dossier that Hillary paid for. There's so much. It stinks to high heaven. Now, John Solomon out with an article yesterday in his article. Well, he's talking about all these FBI and top DOJ officials. They're on all these special interest junkets. And guess who's probably the most frequent user of them? Robert Mueller's Pitbull. Andrew Weissman. Yeah, that Andrew Weissman. They went after Paul Manafort. That Andrew Weissman, that, of course, was responsible for tens of thousands of Americans losing their jobs as it relates to Anderson Accounting. When you go back years in the Enron investigation, the same guy that was overturned 9-0 in the U.S. Supreme Court, the same guy that sent four Merrill executives to jail for a year, and that got turned over by the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals. It sounds complicated. It really isn't. It is the single biggest abuse of power corruption scandal in the history of the country, and I haven't even mentioned the abuse of the powerful tools of intelligence that we give these people supposedly to protect us. All right, joining us now, uh, civil liberties attorney, criminal defense attorney David Schoen and Carter Page, who has been at the center of all of this for the last year. And, you know, Carter, I know that you're moving forward with investigations, lawsuits, and I don't blame you one bit. I mean, from everything you've told me is that our FBI, our CIA, our intelligence community knew you well because as your work took you to foreign lands, when you would come back from places like Russia, uh, you would willingly sit, be debriefed, and, and and tell them everything you know to help your country out. So uh, I guess if you were really the bad guy that needed to be surveilled and they needed Hillary Clinton's unverified phony Russian dossier to do it as the presentation to commit a fraud on the FISA courts, I would think you'd be indicted right now if you were as bad as they say. Sean, it's just, it, it just keeps getting crazier and crazier every day. I, uh, I think just, uh, just t this week we have the Saudis that are um, owning up to various things that may have happened there and, you know, starting investigations about things that may have happened a couple of days uh, or with, within the last few weeks. I mean, this is something that is, you know, people have been covering up here in the United States for over two years. So I think as a, uh, you know, a symbol of democracy, a symbol of good governance, hopefully, uh, hopefully the uh, the cards are starting to fall here and people will start owning up to all the uh, all the wrongdoing that was done. And I, I think we're seeing hints of that as you've been uh uh, all over in terms of your reporting. So let me bring David in. David is an attorney and a, and a really good attorney. You know, Congress has a constitutional role. It's called oversight. Their job, they're their check. We have a system of separation of powers and checks and balances. Part of their oversight is when they are investigating the investigators, they have been obstructed every step of the way request document requests we have found instance after instance where they cite national security as a reason for not turning something over only to be turn out to be having nothing to do with national security only an embarrassment to them now we see in in just the last two weeks oh rod rosenstein who gives an extensive interview to the wall street journal he doesn't have time to testify under oath glenn simpson is pleading the fifth nelly Orr doesn't want to appear and testify under oath james baker's testifying today and james baker and lisa page and andrew mccabe and one other person all saying rod rosenstein wanted to wear a wire 
to go after the president of the United States. Uh, if you were representing our friend Carter Page here, I mean, I would think you'd have a multitude of lawsuits and that Carter Page ought to be a pretty rich man by the end of all this. Yeah, Carter Page has uh, a strong basis for seeking not only information, but also damages and relief. And he is now, by the way, uh, of course, conducting some litigation going after that. Listen, Carter Page is a very important, discreet example of how very wrong things have gone, both with the FISA court and otherwise in government. But you hit the probably the most important point going on here, Congress's role in o providing oversight. Um, you know, God willing, Congressman Nunez is going to return after this election. His work, Congressman Goodlatte's work, has been vital. Congress can no longer bluff, though, anymore. They've got to compel the testimony of these folks. I think there's a real argument for a, a Fifth Amendment waiver from the public statements that these folks make. The American public demands transparency, and they deserve nothing less than transparency. And by the way, these aren't simple mistakes that have gone on. You know, we talk about this 99-page report on FISA court uh, abuses that uh, NSA Director Rogers was talking about. Um, these aren't just mistakes. These are conscious efforts and an agenda by law enforcement officers to evade the law. The, there is, by the way, one other uh, avenue that no one really has explored yet, and that's a FISA court of review. There is a court that sits above the FISA court that will also, under their Rule 4, consider procedural motions. There are three judges the Chief Justice appointed. Right now, that Judges Cabrera, Sentel, and Talman from different circuits. Maybe, the, maybe that court should be the subject uh, of a, uh, the, play, the forum for a motion to review what's going on in the FISA court also. Because remember, you have in the FISA court efforts by the where, New York Times. Where are these FISA court judges? A fraud was committed on every one of them. They were presented unverified, uncorroborated information to spy on the guy you're also talking to on this on this line, Carter Page. Why haven't we heard from them yet? You're right. They should be outraged. Judge Collier is the presiding judge in the Fifth Court, and these judges on the Court of Review. It violates their own rules, Rule 13, and it violates the Constitution. And as you've pointed out many times, the most sensitive area of our government, probably, because it's an ex parte application for the most intrusive kind of eavesdropping that there is in the world. Yeah. You know, there's an article by John Solomon. I want to just read a little bit of it to both of you. And, Carter, we'll start with you to get your reaction, considering you were... As of now, you appear to be the victim in all of this. Unless something changes, Carter Page, that I don't know about you, uh, as of now, if you were this horrible person that needed to be surveilled and not just basically, a, I don't know, a chink in the armor to get at Trump and then you become the unwitting victim in a witch hunt against him, but, you know, because you were lied about, they use phony information to obtain the warrant against you. But of all the agencies in the federal government, Solomon points out, that should be immune to special interest schmoozing, the DOJ, its premier law enforcement agencies like the FBI, the DEA, the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, and Explosives, top the list. Their independence from influence and their integrity in meeting out the law fairly are essential to their success and the trust the American public puts in them. But this week, the DOJ's internal watchdog put a rare spotlight on the gratuities inside the department. And then he goes on to explain how people in the FBI and DOJ are accepting free sporting event tickets from a television reporter. They don't even give the names of recipients. Hundreds of uh, pages of government Ethics filings reveal that in the past three years, the DOJ under Democrat Republican presidents has allowed hundreds of their employees to accept free travel, lodging, 
food from special interests across the globe. And I'm looking at this and I'm saying, you know, really, you've got to be kidding me. Because if anybody else did this, that would be called influence peddling. And on top of the list, we got a guy by the name of Andrew Weissman, who accepted apparently more than a dozen free trips. Your reaction, Carter? Sean, you know, this goes back to sort of the crux of the matter in terms of my case and all the abuses that happened around me. It's not about me and it's not about any, uh, any you know, specifics in terms of myself. It's really about our country. And I think what you see in terms of some of these uh, actions that they were doing um, against the rules and potentially against the law, that really reflects, you know, people just looking out for themselves. And, you know, it's like President Trump always said as a candidate, uh, it's not about me, it's about us. And, you know, when they when they come after me, they're, they're just doing it to uh, to get get him at the end of the day. So this right, is we, it's really we, we, a, a, a huge problem. We'll pick it up with uh, Carter Page. David Schoen will get his reaction to that on the other side. As we continue with David Schoen and Carter Page, the Sean Hannity Show, we're in Palm Beach, Florida today. Our interview with Rush Limbaugh tonight, 9 Eastern on Fox. I want you, you know, now we see your buddy Andrew Weissman. You've been a very strong critic of Andrew Weissman, who is identified as Robert Mueller's pitbull. And as I read from the piece of John Solomon, you know, Weissman, you know, head of the DOJ fraud section, deputy uh, to special counsel Robert Mueller, his pit bull in the Russia investigation. And DOJ uh, officials were now finding Weissman reported now accepting more than a half a dozen free trips between 2016 and 2018, all in the U.S. Maybe not necessarily glamorous locations, although Miami can be pretty fun. I'm going to Miami. I'm going to Miami. You ever hear that song? Will Smith, yeah. um, and that wasn't a bad junket for him. Another one in San Diego, maybe he stood, stayed at the Del Coronado. But anyway, his hosts range from New York University, Rutgers Law. Well, why does he get to accept a, a speaking fee junket when he's the head of the fraud division? Yes, yeah. God only knows. I'm so glad you raised this subject, though, because two days ago, delivered to my hotel room in New York was a tape recording to show how, you know, this has been going on for so long. It's a tape recording of informants who Andrew Weissman used at the time to testify against and to lie against uh, certain so-called mob figures in New York. And on this tape, the informants talk about Weissman seems to have unlimited power. This is going back into the 90s now. He does whatever he wants. He gets away with whatever he wants. Um, And uh, by the way, I am in touch with the person from that tape who would certainly repeat that. Um, This has been going on forever. You reported before. Is this tape something that would be a big problem in Mr. Weissman's life? I don't know. I would hope so. But but this guy has had, been Teflon forever. You you reported before. Judge Sifton wrote specifically no. that he should be brought to the bar. And that, that disappeared. That letter was replaced by another one that took his name out of it. Mr. Mueller has used Mr. Weissman as his right-hand man since his time at the FBI and afterwards. He knew what he was getting when he we, put Weissman on this team. A liar and a cheater, I'm sorry to say. The most unethical prosecutor right, I gotta, I've ever encountered. Because of the constraints of time, we will be following up on what you're saying there. Uh, Dave, uh, David Schoen, thank you. Also, Carter Page, I think you might want to hear this tape, too. Thank you for being with us. We appreciate your time, both of you. Um, all right, as we continue from we are in Palm Beach, Florida, Rush Limbaugh for the full hour on Hannity tonight. 
All right, 25 till the top of the hour, 800-941-SEAN, toll-free telephone number. We're in Palm Beach, Florida today. We call it our favorite tape, and that is all of the laughter, all of the ridicule, all of the mocking, all of the making fun of, the idea, please, Trump, run. <laughs> At least I'll be president, meaning real Donald Trump, and that would be from Obama. And then it, we... we we extend the tape out to election night 2016, and yeah, the great state of North Carolina, Donald Trump, winner. Ohio, Donald Trump, winner. Florida, Donald Trump, winner. Michigan, Wisconsin, Donald Trump, winner. Pennsylvania, Donald Trump, winner. And now we can project Donald J. Trump is the 45th president of the United States of America. I just want to play this tape as a reminder that in 19 days you have the power to shock the world again now i don't know what this is going to trigger because from that day forward it triggered a mass psychosis in your liberal news media and all things uh, democratic in the country but it's possible we are in this game. Listen to this tape. Donald Trump, just last week, he confirmed to the National Review that he is again considering a run in 2016. Do it. Do it. Look, look at me. Do it. I will personally write you a campaign check now on behalf of this country, which does not want you to be president, but which badly wants you to run. Donald Trump has been saying that he will run for president as a Republican, which is surprising since I just assumed he was running as a joke. So right now we have Hillary's about a 75 or an 80 percent favorite. We have different versions yeah, of the forecast you can look at. Poll has Hillary Clinton up by double digits nationally, 12 points, 50 to 38, four-way race. Clinton leading in Florida, Clinton leading in North Carolina, Clinton leading in Ohio, Clinton leading in Nevada. I could go on and on and on. Uh, I continue to believe Mr. Trump will not be president. And so, right now, Mr. Trump, to answer your call for political honesty, I just want to say, you're not going to be president, all right? It's been fun. It's been great. I love you. But, but, but come on, come on, buddy. We have a major projection right now. Donald Trump will take Ohio. That's it. I project Donald Trump will carry the state of Florida. Huge win for Donald Trump. Donald Trump, while we project, will win in Kentucky, in Indiana, with its 11 electoral votes. West Virginia, Florida, Tennessee, Mississippi, South Carolina, Alabama, North Dakota, uh, with its three electoral votes, and South Dakota, Texas, Arkansas, Louisiana, the state of Montana, North Carolina, Georgia, Iowa, Utah, Wisconsin, Arizona, Kansas with its six electoral votes, Nebraska with its five electoral votes, and Wyoming with its three electoral votes. Sorry to keep you waiting, complicated business. A lot of people have laughed at me over the years. Now they're not laughing so much, I'll tell you. I think that goes down as one of the best pieces of artwork that our team has ever put together. Jason... Ethan, Linda, who's here yelling at me all day in Florida. All right, joining us, yes, we do. Steve Ducey, he is the host, <laughs> co-host of Fox and Friends, which I watch every morning. Uh, uh. Steve, Brian, and Ainsley. You know, this is how great my friendship with you is. Why Steve Ducey wrote a cookbook that comes out three weeks before Election Day. <laughs> 
And by the way, we love having you on the program anytime. And we're going to talk about issues. <laughs> but a cookbook three weeks before Election Day. And I'm like, why a cookbook? And now and I thought about it because we all get so stressed out during the election cycles that people need to go to page 181. <laughs> and they're going to get my corned beef and cabbage recipe. And the good thing is that's comfort food that makes me feel better, you know, when I stress eat because of uh, wanting to win this election cycle so bad. How are you? I'm doing great, Sean Hannity. Thank you very much. Listen, it's time for America to hanitize their kitchens because oh, aren't you hung- <laughs> oh, aren't you hungry for change, baby? <laughs> yeah, I think I really am. You know, the only thing is there's a part of me that's thinking, well, Ducey does a long interview with me, asks about what my favorite comfort food is, what I really mm-hmm. like more than anything. I say corned beef and cabbage. I just love it. And I can't make it that much because if I make a corned beef, I eat the whole thing. I don't stop. It's like <laughs> it's like carrot cake in some ways, one of those things you can't stop eating or chocolate chip cookies. Right. Um, it's called the happy cook. Why, do I get, why does like Brian and Ainsley and everyone else at Fox get put way ahead in the book and I'm at the end of the book? That's what I'm asking. No, you know what? You, you're not... Uh... Brian's after you. It's a cookbook. You, well, you did an Brian's entree. You have, meat Brian. and pota- you have meat and potatoes. That goes after appetizers and breakfast. Hello? Don't you know how a cookbook well, I works, I could have given buddy? you my breakfast recipes. I make the best pancakes, French toast, eggs, any way you like them, and hash brown <laughs> potatoes that you've ever had in your life, but you didn't ask me about those. I would have been well, on page one then. Well, well at least maybe... Well, well, Brian, I'm, sh- I'm surprised he gave you five minutes because Brian's on the air 22 hours a day. <laughs> but see, Brian it could only do the one recipe. You, however, have so many because they're from uh, when you were uh, you started as, at a dishwa- as a dishwasher at the Norwood Inn. And then right. uh, you were making 225 an hour and the boss saw that you were an engaged, tough teenager <laughs> with driven and he needed help on the grill. So he promoted you no. to a cook. He gave no, you a 50 cent raise. It actually is a little different. There was an old German guy named Hans, and on Thanksgiving <laughs> Day, after the turkeys were made, the stuffing were made, he walked out and quit. The boss at the Norwood Inn threw me the apron and said, you're in. <laughs> and so I'm like putting together, you know, I'm 13 years old. So I finished. It's got to be against the law. Well, I, you, but you know what? I have my buddy John Gomez, my best friend from third grade down here. He can he can testify to this fact. <laughs> Ever since I was 12 and 13, he could not understand how I had wads of cash on me at all times, and I used to trade it because he wanted to buy the crappy pizza at school, <laughs> which is the worst you've ever had. And yet, give me because he gets it any time he wants. I'd buy his father's. He he literally grilled the best chicken in my life. I'd be like, All right, I'll give you ten bucks. Just, just go get whatever you want. Go get yodels and 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 Twinkies and, yeah. and go get you know your, your, that crappy pizza. I'll take your dad's chicken. So I was a businessman at a pretty young age. Listen, the book is great. It is called the Happy Cookbook. We're putting it up on Hannity.com. Everybody thought there's no chance in hell that uh, Donald Trump is going to win in 2016. Everyone's been talking all year about a blue wave. 
Now, I don't have a crystal ball, but I think the Republicans Republicans got a pretty good shot here in the state of Florida. I think in terms of Rick Scott being the senator and right. Ron DeSantis as governor, I think uh, Josh Hawley can defeat Claire McCaskill in Missouri. I think Heidi Heitkamp's going to lose, I hope, in North Dakota. I think that Kristen Sinema is going to lose to Martha McSally. I think I'm hopeful that Dean Heller holds his seat. It's an important seat mm-hmm. in Nevada. Uh, I also, you know, Joe Donnelly, they sucked a libertarian into the race in Indiana, which is gumming up the works. Um, but I think that's looking good. And, you know, after Kavanaugh and these mobs we're seeing and riots, mini riots around the, the country, I think the House is definitely in play. I don't know how it's going to play out. Ted Cruz in Texas, in spite of all the hype, is up by nine points there. I'm, I'm going to be with him in uh, Houston and Beaumont doing town halls this weekend. Well, you know, Sean, going back to the election of 2016, what I remember, I was actually one of the few people who thought that Donald Trump had a chance because, as everybody knows, we work in New York City. And so many people came up to me and they'd say, hey, Steve, I'm a Democrat, but I'm going to vote for Trump. And, you know, uh, during uh, the election with uh, John McCain, Nobody ever said that. Mitt Romney, nobody ever said that. Uh, George W. Bush, nobody said that. And I just thought something was afoot. There was something about Donald Trump. And you look at, here we are almost two years later, and Donald Trump remade American politics. And just look at how many politicians are trying to out-Trump Trump. I mean, you got Elizabeth Warren this past week. I mean, she really stepped in it because she had, you know, obviously he really uh, got under her nerves and she took the bait. You know, she did the one thing. I'm sure some genius who's now looking for work said, hey, I've got a great idea. You're going to have your big presidential rollout. Let's do it three weeks before the midterm elections when all the Democrats are just trying to stay on the offensive because we're ahead. And what does she do? She makes the big announcement. Hey, I might be one thousandth Native American. That is just crazy because people are trying to outdo Trump because Steve, that's how you get notices. Accurate. Days. One one thousand twenty four. Native American, but 96% European. But the thing is, uh, the first minority woman ever tenured professor at Harvard. I mean, she did it for organizations she was a part of. She did it at UPenn when she was, uh, I guess, teaching there. So this this was a, this for her was a calling card. Sure. Uh, And and remember, Sean, uh, you go back to a, a month ago before she imploded like this, uh, you know, the, the mainstream media regarded her as perhaps the one Democratic standard bearer who could, at her age and with her stance, take on a lot of the Bernie Sanders positions. Uh, and, and she was a senator and she was relatively young. So, and, and then she does this. So now in the past week, essentially the mainstream media kind of turned on her. It's like they, they called her out. That was a dumb idea. Why? Because they want to find somebody who is a viable alternative to Donald Trump and they can win. And with this kind of baggage, she's not going to any place. What do you think as you look at and we look at polls every day and I watch Fox and Friends and I watch you guys. You do a great show. You're the number one news show on cable news by far in your hour. And you have been for years. And and like me, you've almost been there from the beginning. Not quite. How many years have you been on the air at Fox? I actually started uh, two weeks after uh, we went on the air. 
See, I have two weeks seniority on you. So just don't ever forget that. Um, oh, I, I don't. You know, re- regarding yeah. the current congressional races, I happen to know uh, America's favorite political correspondent, Peter Ducey, who uh, is at this minute, I believe way, he's at you, Utah or Montana. Be, let me interrupt here. You've got to be so proud of that kid. He Not only is he a great, great kid that i've gotten to know and yeah he's been on my show many times and a great reporter i mean he's he I, you've got to be so proud of that sean you've known him since he was 10 i know it's crazy crazy it is crazy but uh peter Thank god he me, looks like his mother <laughs> he's got his mother's hair i'll just say that um peter told me that he was uh you know he's following the elections very carefully and he's got uh, sources on both sides of the aisle. One of the guys who was in charge of buying the ads for the Republicans in Washington, D.C., said that over the last two weeks, they have seen uh, essentially a five-point bump across the board for Republicans, and they're basing it, they, they attribute it to Kavanaugh, they attribute it to taxes, and they attribute it to immigration. And so given the fact that uh, the enthusiasm level is high on both, suddenly the Republicans are spiking at exactly the right time. The big question is, and I know uh, Newt Gingrich, I think he was on with you last night, he said the election comes down to two things, Kavanaugh and the caravan. And the caravan is, of course, a a call to action by the President of the United States. Hey, Mexico, do something about this, or we're going to have to put uh, troops on our southern border and shut it down. Well, I think the caravan is, it really does highlight the case here. And I got to tell you something, the way the Democrats abandon, I mean, when you become the party of, oh, we want to raise taxes, we want open borders, we want Obamacare, we want to impeach Trump, uh, and I'm telling you, it, this, it's not the agenda that's going to work and, and hiding who you really are, which is another problem. But, well, listen, the book is phenomenal. What, what was the recipe of Brian and Ainsley? See, the, the cookbook is all about foods that make you happy, and you, you love your uh, Hannity's uh, corned beef and cabbage because it reminds you of when you were a kid. Yep. And you page were 181. It's, you know, it, and it's my at favorite the back page. Of the book. Yeah, my favorite and, page. Uh, you're, such a, you're so full of it, but go ahead. <laughs> uh, Brian's food that takes him back is his mom's meatballs. Ainsley's is her mom's uh, chicken divan. We've got uh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders' pecan pie. Remember the famous pie last year? People said that's got to be oh, a yeah, fake pie. Oh, yeah, she really cooks them. No, that's She really true. does. But yeah. her secret well, is what's the your pecan, favorite food? She, uh, she crushes them with a hammer, which is appropriate. Right, real mine quick, is, my, you, mine is my mom's pot roast. Mom's pot roast. Oh, that's right. Delicious. All right, Steve Ducey, I saw you cooking it one morning. Thank you for being with us. Thank 800-941. Sean. Sean is our number. All right, many thanks to our friends here at WJNO in Palm Beach, Florida. They're always amazing. We have so much to talk about. The phenomenon that is Trump, Rush Limbaugh for the full hour. We'll also talk about the deep state and immigration, the migration issue that's going on, and so much more. And uh, we'll be doing it from his southern command in Palm Beach. So that's all coming up tonight. Set your DVR, 9 Eastern, Hannity from Palm Beach, Rush Limbaugh for the hour. Thanks for being with us. See you tonight at 9, back here tomorrow. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
My name is Chris Moody, host of the new podcast, Finding Matt Drudge. I'll be taking you on a journey to find the mysterious media mogul Matt Drudge, founder of The Drudge Report. Along the way, I'll talk to people who have worked with him, dined with him, and fought with him, taking listeners into private conversations, all in an attempt to get a better understanding of who Drudge is and what motivates him. Hopefully, he'll even sit down with us. Listen to Finding Matt Drudge on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm John Seifer. And I'm Jerry O'Shea. We spent over 30 years in the CIA uncovering global conspiracies. Conspiracies aren't just a theory to us, which is why we started our podcast, Mission Implausible. Everyone has questions about conspiracy theories, but with our background, we can actually answer those questions. Anyone can just start screaming about microchips and Jewish space lasers, but it's our mission to remove the bull and get down to what's real. Listen to Mission Implausible on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.